Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to the show. I am joined this week by the amazing Kim Layton. I am saying your name right, correct? Yes, yes, you are. Good. <laughs> Brain dead. Um, and you are the, are you the ED? No, I am the program director here at NARAL Pro-Choice Montana. Okay, cool. So, and let's start with how you got into politics. Do you think you end up would end up in politics? You know, I don't think I did. I was rather apathetic when I was younger. I'm not going to lie. When You're I was not that in, old. I'm 33. <laughs> so when I was in middle school, early high school years, I was sort of that teenager, wayward teenager, didn't really know what I was doing, just trying to get by. And as I got older into college um, and things started to affect my life, and I realized that... Um, certain things were being done that would affect um, what I could or could not do or how I could live my life, then that's when I started to get involved. Um, and that's how I got involved, is volunteering with different causes and getting involved with different nonprofits in the world. And here I am. Hmm. What was the first one? The first nonprofit was United Way of Missoula County. Really? Yeah. That's so a good one I, to join. Yeah, I actually... I need to open my drink, which is totally unprofessional, but <laughs> yes, I forgot to open it earlier. do it. So I actually, after I graduated college, moved back here for a couple of years and ended up working for the 05 session as a committee secretary for Monica Lindeen. Mm. And I, after that, I realized I wanted to go back to Missoula and work for... A nonprofit. So, did you grow up here in Helena? Yeah, born oh. and raised. Welcome to yes, yes. And, and you're not that much younger than me, so yeah. Um, what? Okay, grew up in Helena, Hel- capital or Helena High? Helena High. Uh, hmm. Can't can't be perfect. Yeah, we can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then you went to school in Missoula. What did, did you go to school for? Political science or social? I work actually uh, bounced around a lot. I did not know what the hell I was doing. I basically was like, "This is what you do after high school." So I yeah, didn't know what I, I was doing at first. Um, bounced around from like elementary ed to English to psychology and ended up with a liberal studies degree. So mm-hmm. I went back to or came back to Helena um, and worked for the 05 session. And then after that, went back to Missoula and worked for a year at United Way. Cool. And while I found it rewarding, I realized that I wanted to do more direct service. Mm-hmm. So working at United Way was great, but they um, typically fund the organizations that are doing the direct service work. And I wanted right. to actually be doing the direct service work. Very cool. So I found myself at the YWCA of Missoula. Hmm. And I worked at the front desk for about eight months and then went through advocacy training and worked at the domestic violence shelter for about three and a half years. Oh, wow. Yes. And then you ended up back in Helena, and now you're at NARAL. NARAL, yes. And NARAL is, for those who don't know, because it's one of those organizations that, like, I guess it's been around for, what, 40 years now? A really long time, yes. Yeah. I'd have to ask Nancy Keenan. She'd tell me, and then she'd look at me like it was crazy for not knowing, but, right. you know, whatever. Um, but it's been around forever, but it's not one of the ones that constantly makes the news. It's just... Right. And people never know what it stands for, and we don't... I still don't. Yeah. So the acronym itself is National Abortion Rights Action League. But we don't always, we don't typically go by the acronym anymore. We've just never really gotten rid of the acronym, Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. Um, But yes, that's what it stands for. And basically, we are the largest grassroots organization dedicated solely to reproductive rights. And so we do more 
advocacy and political um, organizing work, and we don't do direct service. So I still get calls occasionally from people thinking we do um, provide abortions, and then I refer them elsewhere to mm. clinics around the state. Right, because you're not a clinic. You just nope. try to make sure that people don't have to get a back alley abortion. Right. Um, and so we do a lot of organizing. I manage um, three different Students for Choice groups on campuses around the state, mm. and I have an organizer who sort of manages each group. And then, obviously, I do a lot of volunteer recruitment and management um, around the state, and we have great volunteers who step up all the time. Very cool. Yep. Now, is NARAL uh, headquartered here, or is it somewhere else in the state? Um, it's here, here in Helena. And it's you? Who's the executive director? So we are actually in transition right ah. now, which is the complication of my job description. <laughs> um, so we had our executive director take another position early December. Mm. And so in the meantime, we've been looking for an interim director. And we have somebody doing some contract work right now with us, but not actually the acting director. And so in the meantime, I've sort of been doing it falls to you a lot of it with help from the board and with the program work that you do are you also the lobbyist or yes i'm okay. the full-time lobbyist so you get to spend a lot of time over in our favorite place the capital yes how is that going it's going great so oh. you you worked the 2005 session mm-hmm. and i'm assuming you at least saw 2007 and 2009 mm-hmm. and then you were back for 2011 correct i was well i was still living in missoula but i was here because my rights were being attacked. Um, I remember seeing you a lot, so yes. I, I thought you lived here again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I just traveled over here a lot because of uh, a lovely bill called House Bill 516. Um, uh, yes, my mm-hmm. favorite bill. I've made it through no shows without mentioning No, I think I made it through two shows without yeah. mentioning that bill. And we haven't seen it yet this session. No, not yet. Good. Um, she's staying quiet, but... Well, she's the head of education. She opens her mouth and proves she doesn't have one. I think they'll remove her. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Was that mean? No, was that Adeline? Oh. Yeah. So so you've seen as our sessions have progressed from 2005, I don't remember because I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. I don't, but I don't have anybody that I've talked to about it say that it was out of line. It seemed to be one of those sessions that everybody kind of worked together and, you know, they got their work done and went went back to their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2007 seemed okay. 2009 was a little iffy. 2011 was bizarro. Oh, my God. It was just a cluster. And then this year, so far, it started out really good, but then it seemed to have, last week was when they started doing a lot of party line votes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it started out where they basically said, like, let's work together, put politics aside, let's do what's best for Montana. Uh, That lasted a few days. No, it's better than not having it at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just turned, it's reverted back to 2011, in my opinion, and I think what a lot of um, some of our more progressive Democrats are seeing, especially in, like, House Judiciary, um, some really bipartisan bills or even just bills that would be really good for Montana, um, for protecting children, I don't know, jail, suicide prevention, things like that, that were really bipartisan efforts, and they're just killing them. Um, Straight down party lines. Hmm. And it's just getting ugly again. 
And in terms of my work, we just don't stand a chance really um, on the House side because of the party lines. And they set up House Judiciary with the most radically conservative Republicans. So who are the, the, the House Judiciary members? I, I, okay, here's the thing. I know you have to be politically correct, and I don't want to put you in a position where you have to name names if you don't want to. Right. But I am a firm believer that politics gets better the more light we shine on it. Light is the best disinfectant for stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free. <laughs> to name names, um, but it, and I mean it's public record. All the meetings are public; they're recorded. You can go and look them up, so we can, you know, kind of say just go check them out. But who are the ones that are 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 the toughest to deal with when you're when you're lobbying, and the, that are the biggest obstacles that you've come across so far? Well, I mean, there's a couple key members on House Judiciary, um, especially in terms of choice, um, that we would never get anywhere with. For instance, there's. A newcomer, Sarah Lasloffy, who is the daughter of Jeff Lasloffy, right. president of the Montana Family Foundation. Clearly not going to get anywhere with her. Um, they are very conservative, pro-life. So we're kind of stuck there. There's also Dave Halverson, who used to be the president of Montana Right to Life, hmm. pro-life organization. Um, there's also Wendy Warburton. Or as I like to call her, whiny warbonnet. <laughs> I'm sorry, but anybody who stands up and says that immigrants are the biggest gang problem in the state of Montana doesn't deserve any respect at all. If you're that stupid, you shouldn't be in office. You really shouldn't be allowed to walk in the streets by yourself. There's no telling what you're going to do. Yeah, she really says some of the most heinous things, and she always brings personhood forward every single session. So, um... I don't know. For those, I think of, it's because if at some point we actually base it on IQ, she won't pass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, these are people who <clears throat> each session bring the same bills forward that try to attack any, anyone's right to reproductive choice. So, for instance, Wendy Warburton always brings personhood forward, always tries to attach personhood to a fetus so that anyone that tried to get an abortion... Is committing murder. Yes. And, you know, they always try to bring this fetal homicide. And here's the other thing that these people bring up, which just makes me nuts, is these are the same people who don't want sex ed. Absolutely. It's like, if you don't want an abortion, there's a really easy way to make sure that people don't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Teach them about sex. Right. Talk to them about comprehensive sex ed and contraception. And, you know what, you'll actually delay sexual activity and when they do engage in sexual activity, they will use contraception. It will be safe, and it will decrease the need for abortion. Right, and it's it'll, a novel it'll, concept. It'll get us off the syphilis map. Have you seen that? Did you see that went around a couple weeks ago? Uh-uh. So it, it was just, you know, they do those stupid maps. The uh-huh. latest one is actually really cool. It's like Montana is on the Yahoo search. Uh-huh. Montana is for badasses. You know, oh, yeah. That's a great of thing. Course. You know, and, and North Dakota is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, or not real. I th- the other one is a myth. I don't know, Wyoming or something. Um, but this one that went around, it was the syphilis map, and it was put out by the CDC. And it was mm-hmm. a heat map on number of the population density of syphilis outbreaks and amongst teenagers. So kids 19 and younger. Right. And it's the Bible Belt. 
and a couple of square states, one of which is Montana. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if you have comprehensive, and then you look at, you know, the states that don't have a problem, they have comprehensive sex, sex ed. They don't have teen pregnancies, they don't have high rates of abortion, and they don't have STDs at the same level that we have. I mean, of course they have them, but not at the same level right. for the population. And it's amazing to me that these people just don't get it. I know. They, like, turn it around. They basically think that if you introduce sex ed that kids will start having sex. Well, you know what? They're actually already having sex, and if you talk to them about safe sex and comprehensive sex education, these rates of STIs, the, the rate of unwanted teen pregnancy will go down. I love that you use STIs and st- STDs, STIs, whatever. <laughs> Both. Pick another um, TLA. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And you know what? In Montana, I believe it's 48% of high school kids report that they are already having sex. So That seems low. I went to high yeah. school in this state. There wasn't much else to do. I mean, it was drink and have sex. Yeah. And um, I didn't drink. No. <laughs> uh, I have a bridge for sale. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's pretty incredible, the arguments that they use and that... Well, I want to know, what did they do in high school? I don't know. Probably got pregnant and had an abortion. They've been regretting it ever since. Yeah, probably. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. Was that my answer? Did I make an accusation? Uh, yeah, you did. Hmm. You went there. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Um, <clears throat> so Good yeah, the comprehensive sex ed is always an issue of contention, and it's just incredible that they won't like these. These parents aren't going to be talking to their kids about sex. No, no. That was one of the things that came up with the Helena thing when mm-hmm. when they were talking about the sex ed here. And one of my, you know, a neighbor that I grew up with, and I used to consider a friend. I don't know what I consider anymore an acquaintance, I guess. Um, Christy Allen Galucius. You know, we're on opposite sides of the issue. We were sitting down talking to it, and I asked her straight out. I was like, "Do you want to have this conversation with your kids?" And she's like, "No." And I'm like, well, then, fine. Let somebody else do it. And she's like, but I don't want them to. And I was like, no, you don't want them to grow up. But they're going to grow up. Right. And you either give them the tools to face adulthood correctly or you handicap them and they fail. You know, yeah. That's exactly what you're doing. So there's people who, you know, they argue, well, you can't tell them about sex. Well, they're going to figure it out on their own. It's a biological imperative. Right. And it's the same but thing But if you don't give them an education. <laughs> yeah. And if you take away, like, these teen councils who, with Planned Parenthood, who are educated and have the tools and the materials that they need to educate their peers, like, these are kids who can actually talk to their peers about safe sex and reducing STIs and unintended pregnancies. Otherwise, they're going to get the information from their other friends and other teenagers who don't know anything and are telling them really ridiculous information. Right. <laughs> you can't get pregnant if you do cartwheels afterwards. Right. Right. <laughs> or apparently if you drink Mountain Dew, I, I heard that during the hearing, if you drink Mountain Dew, it makes you, I don't remember Infertile? what they said, but yeah, it like, takes down the risk of getting pregnant. Or something. How exactly are you drinking it? I, that would be my question. I don't know. I've never heard I, that one. Um, I don't know where you've put that straw, sir. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, and it's black and white for them, and there's no way around it, and that's that's who we're dealing with in-house judiciary. So how do 
you as a lobbyist, not you know, not to discount all the other facets that make up Kim. And right. This is one of those things that drive me nuts. You know, the whole labeling thing. You're a lobbyist. Oh well, yeah, she's also human. Right. But how do you as a lobbyist face those people? I mean, because you've got to run into them in the hallways up at the Capitol. They do wander around aimlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you engage them? Do you have conversations with them, or are they uh, hostile to you? Or um, thus far, they usually just see me and my name tag, and they keep walking. Um, the ones that are really too far beyond my reach. Like, there are some where I, you can have a conversation with them, and I feel like there are some in the middle of the road where I'm like, I, I can talk to you, and I might be able to reason with you. And there are some Republicans who have voted our way already on the House floor. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there is room with some of them. Some of them, Wendy Warburton, I'm not going to talk to her about choice because... There's no way I can get anywhere with her. Um, and thus far, I haven't been called any names by them or anything like that. They just, they see me and they just keep walking. Hmm. Um, I'm that, calling them names, so I that, guess, you know, yeah. it's open season. That might change. Who knows? <clears throat> you know, they may approach me later and say something, but so far, they, I either get this, you know, I have these moments where I tell people, people either look at my name tag at the Capitol and like scowl and walk by or thank me for what I'm doing. So it's just this interesting balance of like, you never know what you're going to get. So there aren't a lot of people that are middle of the road with the issues that you deal with. How do you find those people that are, or how do you get somebody to be more middle of the road from the right? I'm assuming you're not moving any of the people on the left into the right. (laughs) No. Um, It's usual that we just know of a couple um, people on the right side who happen to be pro-choice or with certain issues um, align with our mission. And Mm -hmm. so we talk to them, and then through them we can learn about other Republicans who might go our way. And Mm -hmm. part of it, too, was on this last sex ed bill, when it went to the floor, we had four Republicans vote against it, That we and two of them were like, I don't even know who these people are. Oh, really? So now let's go talk to them. There were a couple where I... Um, we weren't expecting them to vote the way that they did. So now we have an avenue to talk to them. So as a new coming lobbyist myself, that's sort of how I roll is it's just, um, you know, learning even though we didn't endorse them and they are, you know, on the other side of who usually aligns with our mission, there's still, there's still room to talk to them about choice issues. And some of them there's just not, but some of them there are. Yeah. So did you ever think that you'd be advocating for something that really is such a divisive issue? Um, I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, you you work for the Y, and and I don't think there's anybody it, – it, that's one of those one-sided issues. I don't think there's anybody who thinks domestic violence is a good thing. There's no. some people who don't understand the thing. Right. Um, and they sometimes say stupid things, but I, I don't think they even – even they, when presented with a series of facts, come to the right conclusion in most right. cases. Um, but then now you're in something that literally is such an ethereal debate. You know, there's the there's the science side of it, which is where you guys come from. And then there's the theological side of it, which is where they're coming from. They're not even in the same room, let alone at the same table. Right. Um, I think <clears throat> the only... Other precursor to this would have been, you know, my work doing LGBT sort of activism Mm. because and I, you know, I've never 
been in a position where I was paid to do the work, but it's just something I've always done um, since I came out um, and had my rights attacked, you know, like last session when I came over, you know, and I'm in a room full of people who think... You're an abomination. Yeah. No, actually, your outfit's an abomination. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. Did you see his suit? Ooh, tacky. Yeah, he's... Like, you should get that maybe sized for somebody with your body. Yeah. Just thinking. Yeah, so coming over for that and then being pretty much kicked out of that hearing room after 10 minutes and... Wasn't that Wagner that was in there picking his nose? Was he on the judiciary yeah, last yeah, year? Yeah, he was. Okay. Um, so doing that work and definitely being in a space where people, there's a fair amount of people who think that you, you know, are a scary person in the bathroom or something like that, you know? And well, so Kim. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Says uh, she puts away a battle axe. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's not even real. His name is Mjolnir. Oh, that's a hammer. Never mind. Um, <laughs> okay, so wait a minute. I like to so, be armed. When did you come out? Uh, 2007. So high school? No. Right after, after college. Oh, really? Actually, so it was a little bit later in life for me. Okay. I was 24, 25. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I know what it was like being gay in high school here in Helena in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. Nightmare. And then Cal Pi High. Mm, fun. Yeah, I can um, imagine. Was it as bad in the 90s? Where And the one thing about the 80s is that it was the only thing, like, lesbianism really wasn't an issue, but gay certainly was. Right. Um and it was all tied around the AIDS epidemic had happened and all these people had died. And it, it, even though not, it hadn't affected a lot of men, Montanans directly, everybody knew somebody who knew somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was all wrapped up into that. So there was this big stigma that went into being gay that kind of, I don't know if it started then, but it was certainly around then. What was it like in the mid-90s in high school here? You know, I was asked this question a while ago, and I was trying to remember, um, and I don't... <laughs> did you put it out of your head, or did you drink it away? <laughs> well, because I didn't come out in high school, and so Neither I'm just I, trying to remember, like, the was. environment. Um, I feel like there was a certain amount of, like, teasing, but not necessarily the degree of bullying that there is now, mm. um, and so I'm not sure that... I, I don't remember Helena High being terribly, um, like, uncomfortable or abusive for young kids who were queer. I don't think Helena High was nearly as bad as Capitol. Yeah. But I don't think it was great. No, I don't think it was great either. Um, but high school is never great. I mean, high school is shit for everybody. Yeah, it's a hard time. But, for sure. Um, so what was it that caused you to, well, I guess, when did you know that you were gay versus when did you come out? Mm, I think I knew in college, but didn't mm. come out until after that. Oh, okay. And for whatever reason, I don't even remember. I think it was just I hadn't really, I wasn't surrounded by that community a whole lot. Mm. And so once I finally did um, step into that more, then I, and I felt more comfortable and... Just started to realize it more. Mm. And I was just like, okay, Leighton, 
<laughs> Get, okay, yeah, it's time. It's time. Um, and so I finally came out, and it wasn't necessarily, and I and I don't remember specifically in college. I think it was just more this like cultural idea of that I was just like, I think this is happening, but I just can't. Like it's just not okay for me to mm. like women, you know. Like it's just this whole idea of like. Um, that a lot of people have where it's just it didn't seem like it was okay and not necessarily that I was like would have gotten a lot of like bad pressure or um, like you know exiled from my family or anything like that but it just didn't fit with the world I was living in Mm. at that that time Mm. so it just took a little longer for me to sort of come to terms with it and then I finally um, was getting more integrated into the community um, around 23, 24, And then you became an activist. So you kind of walked into the shallow end and then, ah, screw it, and dove off the board. Yeah, it was just like as I, um, you know, came out, got, um, you know, more comfortable with my sexual orientation, sexuality, and then I was just like, wow, the world is totally screwed up. And this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to do something about it. Uh, so yeah, It's amazing how much anger you can find when you realize what's been done to us. Yeah. So I definitely, and then I just, you know, got involved in different um, queer activities in Missoula. And I had friends who were, like, transitioning. And I would go to fundraisers to help them raise money. And, yeah, and then, you know, with the session... And, like, local ordinances trying to get passed and things like that. And just just pissed me off that this was even an issue and that this needed to happen. But it did. And then, you know, I don't fit a gender stereotype, so I get shit all the time. Um, People have to be kind of brave to give you shit because, (laughs) let's be honest, you look like you could take out a couple of them in a bar fight. (laughs) Like, I always thought it was funny because I hang out, like, I have good friends that are gay males, but I have a lot more friends that are females, both straight and gay. Uh-huh. I'd pick any of the females on any given day in a bar fight to back me up. Because the, gay, the gays and even the straight boys that I hang with, oh, they couldn't fight to save their life. But those <laughs> girls, they're mean. <laughs> and they'll take you out. But that's the interesting thing. I may look tough, but I don't know if I could actually do much in a bar fight. I'd probably be I, I, like, ah. A bar fight's mostly presentation. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like look at them crazy and go, Arr. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so how has it been since you've moved back to Helena now that you're out and you're working for this very controversial organization and uh, you're a very prominent uh, – and I, I don't know the right word. This is not like socialite or anything, but it's you're a prominent member of the, uh, well, the glitterati. And the, the gays, ha- we have our little club, and then there's some of us that, and I'm not one of them, thank God. Um, but there are some, like Jamie Gray is one, you're one, um, Kelson tends to be one. Uh, they're the people that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what's it been like since you've moved back and got to deal with that um it's been good i like it i mean i loved stepping into this role here at narel um now is this the role that eddie had uh alex corker oh alex did okay yeah. so she stepped into the position of denise juno's campaign manager right and i learned about that um sort of under the radar and so i just applied for the job messaged and- just juliana at the time and i was like 
I can't really let my boss know right now, but I'm interested. So um, Very cool. it worked out, and it's been really great. It's been a lot of responsibility and a lot of work, especially with the transition right now and doing kind of two jobs for the price of one. Um, <laughs> with some, We seem to do that a lot. Mm-hmm, with some good support from board members. I mean, it's been great. Um, but I really... I love it. And it's funny because, yeah, I'm probably one of the more hated lobbyists at the Capitol. But sometimes it just fires me up more. You know, I hear what Carrie Smith says about me on the House floor, and I'm just like, this is why I do what I do. Who's Carrie Smith? Carrie Smith is the guy that sponsored the sex ed bill. Uh, What did he say? Well, he called us out, us and Planned Parenthood both, in the committee and on the House floor, basically saying that he, he was like, has anyone ever gone to the, either of their websites? And basically saying that they, they claim to know more about what's best for our children than we do. And they're just trying to indoctrinate our children and uh, say what, what's best for morality Since you have a third-grade education, we're going to go with they do know more mm-hmm. about what's best for your child. Yeah, and so, you know, I'm sitting up in the gallery, and I'm just like, well, I... Yeah, I do, because (laughs) I research shows that comprehensive sex ed works. So good luck when your kid gets gonorrhea or pregnant at the age of 14. Good luck with that. Yeah, and what cracks me up the most about this, I don't know what cracks me up, it's kind of sad. It's the, um, they've interviewed a bunch of uh, people that work in abortion clinics or uh, Planned Parenthood and whatnot, and they always have at least two or three stories about the people that pick it having to come in with their kids for an abortion. Right. You know, and it's like, um, so it's not okay for everyone else, but it's okay for you because in your situation it's needed. Right. Well, you don't know anything about us. Um, Yeah, you don't know anything about any of the people you're protesting against. It's amazing to me the level of hypocrisy on that side. It's just uh, astounding, astounding. It is astounding, and and that's basically what... I was talking to a legislator after uh, that floor hearing who, you know, stood up and said some really great things in opposition to that bill. And we were just like, well, we'll see what happens when their kids end up with an STI or an unwanted pregnancy. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, good luck with that abstinence, baby. You know, sorry, but it's going to happen. <laughs> abstinence, baby. <laughs> so it's uh, That's just... such a better term than anchor baby. That's so great. They have <laughs> anchor babies that they come in. Well, people are coming here to have their babies, so they're a U.S. citizen and they can stay. That, uh, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it just doesn't. But I mean, I'm sure that actually several pregnant women have had preg- you know, pregnancies and they give birth early and they happen to be in the United States. That does happen, but I don't think it happens on the scale that these people think. But abstinence babies certainly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Sarah I Palin. At, <laughs> yeah, I was at the Women's Policy Leadership Institute on thir- or Friday and Saturday of the, just this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Mary Stranahan, who used to be a physician and now does um, some different work, but she was talking, we were talking about the comprehensive sex ed bill as a group, and um, she talked about, we were joking about abstinence-only programs and how they don't work, and she was like, yes, I remember delivering several of those abstinence-only babies. Yeah, so it's just, so yeah, we get, you know, we get called out, and it just reaffirms why I do what I do. So it's just, like, there are moments where I'm like, like, you know, I definitely get surrounded by 
those politicians who really, who don't like me. I don't care for them. They haven't said anything to me so far. I haven't been, um, you know. Attacked. Attacked or anything. But for the most part, when I'm there, it's just, I like being there and I like doing what I do and being around the people who are making or trying to pass these bills that are so heinous and so harmful and that they're really trying to strip Montana women and families of reproductive freedoms. I'm just like, this is why I'm here and I'm going to keep doing it and just try. Just try it, you know. And so I I love doing it and I love working with my interns who are in college and working their asses off on campus. I've got a great intern in Missoula, another great intern in Billings, and who the one in Billings is like running into all kinds of roadblocks. I mean, she's in Billings. Right. That's a tough area. And but she's so she's so driven and she just keeps going. Good Even for though she's running into roadblocks with the administration, she did a presentation in a class for human sexuality, and the kids were just like, why are we talking about this? Like, we shouldn't be talking about abortion in here. And even she and the advisor were just like, what? This is weird. But she just In a human going. sexuality class? Exactly. <sighs> I love these kids that go to college. And, you know, I was, I was actually talking with a friend of mine who was interviewing at a college. He's like, I can't work there. And I was like, why? He goes, because here's how the science class goes. Welcome to science. Please open your Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Yeah. That's history and mythology, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, kills me. Yeah. So I love it. Good. I love what I do. And, um, you know, I get a lot of support. So we've had the um, the sex ed bill, and that is it. Did that pass the House? It did. So um, it's going to the Senate. It'll go over to the it's Senate. It's in side. Transmittal. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 transmittal. What are you doing Transmittal week? You know, Lisa Lampanelli is going to be in Missoula. I know. I already have tickets. I don't know. Are there if there's more tickets left, I might do that. They are still. They're, okay. they're still on sale. She's going to be at the nice. Wilma. Everybody, you should go. Um, and that's on Friday night. Um, nice. Kelson and Jen and I are going. Um, that was my Christmas gift to them. Nice. I was like, I'm getting you tickets, but I'm getting me one as well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, but that'll be a nice sort of palate cleanser from all the stupidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. What are you going to be doing? What What other bills are going to be messing up with your mind before you have to go to listen to Lisa Lampanelli complain about her cunt? I know, right? Um, well, <laughs> to we clean ha- your head. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have one on Monday morning, mm. which is an interesting bill that we we don't see a lot, which is called Wrongful Life, Wrongful Birth, which would say that if a doctor does not provide all of the information about the health of your pregnancy, so if there was some sort of health oh, risk this is the or one abnormality. Eddie was talking about actually last year um, because his cousins have uh, cystic fibrosis. Yeah, so it yeah. was a case in Bozeman. And then there's one in Great Falls where they were suing for wrongful life. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up Monday morning. It's in business and labor because it's a tort reform mm-hmm. issue. Um, and so that's interesting. That's weird. It is. Because that puts it in, you have to, okay, so for those of you at home who don't really understand what this is, let's spell it out for them. A wrongful life is if the information is not given to the person, the parent, so that they could terminate an unwanted pregnancy, meaning the child has some sort of severe deformity or um, damage that's going to make their quality of life 
severely limited, mm-hmm. and the parents weren't informed of that, they can sue the doctor. Right. And the hospital. Right. So, right? So this bill would say that, if this bill passed, that you could not sue the doctor. If that doctor did not release the information, did not tell you everything about that, that you could not bring a lawsuit against the doctor. So it's basically providing immunity. Yeah. It's it's very weird. Well, but here's okay. So, uh, where what's the official? Where's your stance on this? Well, we are we oppose it because obviously we think that, um, you know, a woman should be able to make these decisions for her health and her right. Body. You should be making informed decisions. Informed decisions, um, and so and we don't like the idea that a doctor would just withhold information. But does that happen? Um, we, I don't know. I don't know how often it happens, but the idea that a bill would provide the doctor an opportunity to just not provide information, knowing that it would have immunity um, for fear that if they told a mother that its child was going to have a disability and then that mom might choose to have an abortion. Like, that's our concern. Okay, I can see both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. You want to debate this one out? <laughs> but, so, okay, let me add something, though. So we are not necessarily coming in on it, though, because we, while we oppose it and while we have concerns around the issue, we also, it's a really um, sort of precarious situation for us in terms of disability rights. Right. So... We oppose it just because we think that a woman should have all of the information to be able to make informed decisions. Right. And a doctor shouldn't be withholding the information just because he thinks somebody's going to react poorly. Exactly. Although, then the other side of that is, is all doctors on some level have to be psychologists and figure out how is my patient going to deal with this and what's the best way to present it. Mm -hmm. That's called bedside manner. Um, Some doctors actually suck at that. Mm. Yep. You know, so there's that... I can see all sides of this argument. I think it's a foolish bill because it puts into code something that we haven't had a lot of time to study or figure out. And it also negates half of the discussion because it puts all the power back into the hands of a doctor rather than putting your health into your hands, which is really where it needs to be. Right. Exactly. So... Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's just concerning. From a, just from a functional standpoint, I don't think it should pass because I just it's probably worded in some way that just does stupid things for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's also being brought forward by Carrie Smith, who did the sex ed bill. Mm. And so part, yeah. So. Has he actually read these? Can he read? Were they written in crayon for him? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not sure. Not sure about that one. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that one's Monday morning. Interesting. Yeah. And that that's in the labor? Business and labor, Monday morning. 8 a.m.? 8 or 9. I think I saw that it was 9. Mm. But Fun. Yeah. So those Sounds are the ones delightful. that are actually up right now. We've got a few more in the drafting process that are just sort of on hold. Mm. Um, but, like, a couple constitutional amendments to, like, personhood or specify no right to abortion you know, the typical ones that they always bring. But we'll see how if does, they actually How does do. the side that says they want less government keep wanting to pass laws to restrict rights? I don't know. The age-old question. 
How can you be such a hypocrite? Mm -hmm. Apparently drinking. Apparently drinking. (laughs) Yeah. So what else do you have going on during the session? I mean, I know that you're up at the Capitol all the time and you're working really hard and the the session is always crazy. It's 90 days of marathon. Right. Um, But what do you do to get away from that? Well, I, this weekend I'm going to Missoula for off the rack. Hmm. Um, And is this a fundraiser? It is. It's a fundraiser for Blue Mountain Clinic, which is one of the providers in the state. Um, And it is a condom fashion show. So, because I always like my condoms to be fashionable, uh-huh. I only wear the, the very best. I'm sure you do. Actually, I think that'd be funny. Uh, it's a yeah. Louis Vuitton. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Um, and it, so it's sort of. Sort it of seems a work very. Event. It seems very male centric. Are they doing anything with dental dams? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I imagine so. I'm sure they'll be very creative. Um, so yeah, I'm headed over there. Um, and probably the next couple hours. That's cool. For the weekend. Nice. To, to get out of here. Um, so occasionally I escape on the weekends. Sometimes I just sleep. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Lay on my couch and watch a bunch of 30 Rock. Uh-huh. You know? Um, did just, that just end? Yeah, it did. Oh, sad. I know. But reruns just never get old. <laughs> I can watch Liz Lemon forever. Nice. Uh-huh. So it's just, yeah, you know, spending time with friends and sort of getting away from it a little bit and escaping on the weekends. I like to ski, so occasionally going skiing. Downhill, cross-country. Mm-hmm. Downhill. Mm, good. Gravity's on your side. Yep. That's what I like, too. Mm-hmm. Went to Discovery last weekend. So How was, was it? Nice. It was good. It was a beautiful day. I haven't been skiing yet this year. Actually, I didn't even ski last year, come to think of it. Yeah, it was perfect. Nice. So, yeah, just self-care, go to the gym, try to... Kind of avoid it. Yeah, I try to just deal with all the shit at the Capitol in a fairly healthy way if I can. <laughs> I try really hard. In a fairly healthy way. Yeah. That's supposed to the way that I deal with it, which is with a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what I try to avoid. It's like, how much are you drinking? How often did they talk? Yeah. All week? <laughs> That's, what That's what's happening. So well, very cool. So where do you see yourself going with politics? Are you going to remain working on the issues? Do you think you'll run for office? Oh, how many times have I been asked that question? So many. Um, I don't know. So what do you see as the pros and cons? If you don't know, I'm sure you've thought about it since you've been asked. Well, I certainly understand the amount of work that goes into a campaign running for office. Mm-hmm. Um, So it would be, I mean, the cons definitely would be just, like, how much work goes into running. And, um, you know, obviously putting sort of work on hold and, like, whether or not I had a job that I would be able to sort of... To do that. To do that. um, And sort of where my life was at if I had a partner at that time um, and how that would work with running for office or um, sort of, I guess, like I said, just where my life was at at that time. Um, But I certainly, I feel like I like lobbying, but there might just be a point where I'll just be like, this is, I've done everything I can do lobbying, and now I want to actually be the person that can make the changes. So 
there are definitely pros and cons. There's also, you know, I see people, good people who are in office right now up at the legislature and just being so frustrated because of all the crazy people at the legislature. So it's like there's also sort of that con where it's like even if I ran and got elected, could I make a difference? You know, and so it's sort of looking at these different sort of aspects and things like that. So I don't know. I mean, for the time being, I'm happy doing what I'm doing and being an organizer and working with awesome young people who rally around the issue and working at the Capitol with um, coalition members and trying to, you know, talk to people about the issues that are important Mm -hmm. and try to fight for the issues that are important to me and make Montana better. But I don't know. (laughs) I'm not making a decision right now. We'll just put it put it that way. Uh, probably a safe bet. Yeah. Um, so do you have, I know you've got the, obviously the, the groups that are coming up. Do you have a lobby day coming up? Or? We do. Um, on President's Day, actually. February 18th, we're having a Reproductive Rights Coalition lobby day. And at that point, we're actually going to put an ovary in the governor's office and one in the secretary of state's office and just have a uterus that goes out the front down the steps. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to slide out. Awesome. Woo! That'll be great. You end up on the statue with the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kevin, you've just planted an idea. Uh, That's what I'm here for, people. Hello. If you're going to be crazy, at least make it fun. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we'll talk to, um, you know, all of our members and activists and try and get them there, talk to them about the process, and then see if we can get them to talk to legislators about these issues that are coming through and why it's important to kill these bills. And then we're going to, there's actually a couple different organizations also doing events that day. So we're just going to get like a big rally going. Very cool. Yeah. Like the idle no more group is going to be there. So what's that? it's, um, through, um, this big native American sort of movement right now that's coming out and it's just basically, um, they're just trying to, send a message that kind of this um the words are not coming out right now but are you idling i, I am idling <laughs> yeah uh we'll look it up we'll put a link to it in the <laughs> show notes so and you're part of the uh NARAL is part of the coalition that is montana women vote is that correct yeah we're on the steering committee okay. for that and so and you work with a lot of other organizations mm-hmm. Yeah, like Montana Women Vote, uh, Montana Human Rights Network, Montana Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence, the ACLU, um, Planned Parenthood. Very cool. Blue Mountain Clinic. Very cool. All the awesome ones. All the awesome ones. Yep. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, thank you for all that you do. I know that yeah. you know taking an hour out of your day in the middle of session is a lot to ask, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Um, for the people who need to follow along and get informed on stuff, they can go to the website for NARAL, which is? www.prochoicemontana.org. Okay. And uh, they have Twitter and Facebook? We do. Uh, Twitter is ProChoiceMT. And Facebook. We'll just put the link. I I never remember Facebook links either. 
And we actually have several Facebook pages for our various, like we've got like the um, NARAL Pro-Choice Montana group page, and then a NARAL staff page, which is like a personal page, and then we've got like the Comprehensive Partnership for Sex Education and Hmm. a lot of different ones. But the main one is the NARAL Pro-Choice Montana. Very cool. And uh, are you on Twitter? I am. Then do we put a link to that? Sure. Which is at? Um, what is mine? Kimberly underscore Chi. Kimberly underscore C-H-E-E? Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Do I ask? <laughs> um, it started when I was living in Missoula and all of my friends there, like a friend of mine had just been in Korea hmm. and he was talking about the food kimchi. Ah. And they all just looked at me and were like, kimchi! Huh, that explains it. It has stuck ever since. <laughs> I, That's awesome. Some very, some of them just call me Chi or Chi Chi or, yeah. So Nice. Okay, so cool. Um, then obviously you have some bad bills coming up. Uh, anybody who wants to get involved and work with these organizations, your help is always appreciated. Volunteers are always needed. People to talk about why these issues are important. Always needed. Get yourself educated. If you are sexually active, get yourself tested. Do all those things. Keep yourself safe. And have an awesome weekend. Thank you. Thank you.